I'd just like to send out all my deepest apologies and, and all my many, many thanks. And it all goes to the same people, which is all of you out there and everybody in this group. I had never really had that happen before. And um, so, you know, it, it broke my heart and then having a busted throat and a, and a broken heart at the, at the same time was really a nightmare of an experience. And if it weren't for the energy that I got from these guys, our crew, and also our audience, I, I don't know if I... It was everything as far as coming back and making a recovery, so... So, again, for all the people that had to change their plans, and, and I know some of these familiar faces, uh, you had to make some big changes. I'm so grateful, I was so sorry, and I'm, again, so thankful to everyone. Um, I, I, I deeply appreciate it, and I look forward to paying you back all night. We do. And so, in the immortal words of Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking Cameron in the truck. Welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast, and you're sitting here and about to listen to a recent show that has happened in 2018. Yes, we're going back only a year, London, the second night. I don't even know if you want to call it night two, since it's not a back-to-back situation, but we're we're going to discuss all that in a second. Uh, but yeah, if you are new to the show, we cover a different Pearl Jam show of their live history every single week and we kind of break it down. We talk about the set list. We talk about some of the storylines and intriguing things that go on uh, during the show and uh, I think for any Pearl Jam fan, you're going to enjoy it. So, Randy Sobel here, John Farrar over there. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. How are you on this fine day? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, this should be a fun one. Uh these 2018 shows where, you know, we've got a little bit of distance from them now, so we can kind of fit them in a little bit as far as where they fit into the whole canon. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, this should be a good one. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for this one, too. I think I have a lot to talk about with just 
you know, this year and not getting an album or a tour this year. And I know that's a thing that's pretty much been on everybody's mind and we haven't really addressed it on this show because we've been, you know, interested in the history. So this is, this is a show especially that we can kind of mix that in with because I really want to bring to the table that this is kind of a turning point show yeah. in the band or a turning point time period and I would we're, say. we're starting to get a few rumblings about some things that might happen next year a little too early to tell Ru- still but rumblings are all all that they are we cannot uh, be the rumor mongers on this show yeah, uh but, whether we know things or not we're optimistic that something is going to happen whether it's here or there or anywhere so i would say optimistic is a very good yeah so now now's a good time as it. any to look look towards the future Absolutely. So before we get into that, let's talk about Patreon a little bit. You guys all know the deal. If you've been listening to the show, you head on over to Patreon. We have exclusive episodes over there, including our evolution episodes and uh, a couple of extra episodes. And who knows, maybe there'll be an extra episode for for this one. You never know if we have extra content that uh, couldn't make the episode due to timing. We give you a special live on more legs episode, which we have plenty of over there. So, uh, Basically, what it is on Patreon is you contribute to the show, you know, anything from a dollar onward, you know, it's all up to your discretion. But for that, you get all those exclusive episodes that you can't get on Spotify or Apple or any of your regular podcast providers. And John, what else do you get if you Uh are nice enough to donate? Yeah, you get to pick a show for us to cover or come on the show and talk about it and uh if your opinions are are dumb i will make fun of you and threaten to fight you that's if you are in the mood for a fight it is worth the dollar <laughs> See, we, a month you you keep teeing me up for this and someday someone's <laughs> gonna like find out where i live and come beat the crap out of me so i it's it's all in good fun i i don't I don't mean to make fun of anyone's opinions. We all, if this is, they've been a band for a long time. But, you know, I have my opinions are just as weird as anyone else's. So, uh, but no, we 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 have a good time uh, talking about it and uh, get, getting after each other a little bit sometimes. Honestly, when you fight with people, it's nothing more than just kind of razzing them a little bit. It's not you're, you're not fist fighting. You're except not screaming at people. For, I've never heard you scream before, except for Tom who. Uh, oh, said that Black well, was overrated and that McCready was an overrated <laughs> guitarist. Coming for you. Coming for you. Hey, we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a podcast to podcast battle right that's there. Right, that's that's, uh, right. that's some serious shit going on. That but. that that was fighting words. So I'm hoping yep. hoping today's guest has has learned from their their mistakes and we'll have a we'll have a very pleasant <laughs> very pleasant afternoon here. We will get to our guest in just a second. Before we get to him, uh, we want to remind you that uh, through our social media accounts, we've been doing this the past week. Uh, we are trying to determine what the best show of the decade is. So this past week, we've re- released polls for 2010 and 2011, and you were able to vote on those years. And thank you for participating in that. And this next week, we're going to be doing 2012 and 2013 as well. So uh, as the weeks keep going on and on and on uh we're gonna have all of the years and uh we again we want to determine what the best show of this decade is and now we're gonna reveal you... that on the episode right we're not gonna let people know ahead of time we're just oh, gonna whittle no. it down to the 25 or 30 and then we're gonna hold off until the episode right the episode is gonna be a top 10 it's gonna be your traditional top 10 episode uh it's gonna be on january 1st 
first day of the new year, starting off fresh, and we're going to be reminiscing about the last 10 years. So, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, um, it will, what'll happen, like you said, we'll get it to 25 or 30, and then we will re- reveal on the episode. So that's sounds good. Yeah, that's going to be great. Do you have a good way to kick off the new year? Charlotte, Charlotte's great. It's underrated. And, you know, if people haven't, uh, haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out. Um, I'm, I'm partial to Moline. I'm partial to Greenville. Uh, you know, this one might sneak in there. You never know. Yeah. Keep an eye on it on social media. If you're not following us on social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram and we are on Twitter as well. And now, since we mentioned Patreon before, we are going to introduce you to a patron that has been there from the very start. He has been, I usually call him the super fan because he is just very excited whenever an episode comes out. He's usually the first person to react to it. And uh, honestly, without his patronage and without his uh, enthusiasm for the show, I don't know if we'd still be sitting here and, and excited to do this every week. So I introduce you all to Superfan Aurelian. Sir, all the way from France, how are you? I'm fine and you. Thanks for having me back. Of course, yeah. Uh, it's been almost a, a full year since we've had you. We had you on yes. Milan 2014 last time. Yeah, it's what, nine months ago? So it's, it's good to be back. Good to have you back. So London, night two, 2018. Uh, you went till night one, right? Yes, right. Now I start. I might. I started the show with the with the two back to back Amsterdam show and then pick pop and then I f- I flew to to London from night one. Okay, so Lon- I I remember the London shows that year. There was a lot of hype going around. Like the the Metro system had that whole uh, thing that had all the Pearl Jam puns in there. It was a one yeah. big paragraph where it was like. Oh, Jeremy uh, uh, said, "I got, I got ID." You know, like all that kind of stuff. It, it was really clever. It was really well done. You had that. You had uh, Baby Trump that was outside the arena. Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, and the first night made it seem like this was a really big occasion. And then once you get into the arena, and Ed is not even close to 100%. So you're at that show, you're at night one. What's going through your head when you're hearing Ed? Because this was very apparent when I I was watching this through Periscope and uh, the Facebook live streams that this was not a very good show, very good performance for him. Something was wrong. Yeah, so uh, I think his issue started in Pink Pop uh, because his voice was not... Uh at his best, and then in London, you're right, so he, he was maybe at half of his capacities. But I, I think I have um, very good memories of this show because the, the crowd participation was at, uh, at his best because we, we tried to, to cheer and support Eddie as much as we, as we could uh, during uh, night one of London. Sure, yeah, and I think um, you know you, the crowd is really good and really receptive to that, and you don't want a better place than, you know, a, a huge city like a London or a New York, Philadelphia kind of place that is going to lift you up. If if his voice busts out in, I don't know, Atlanta. Watch it. <laughs> See, I'm on the show every week and I'm the one starting fights right now. So <laughs> it could be anybody. Uh, but I mean, like if, you know, if his voice busts out in like a Belgium or something like that, where it, it's not as 
frantic of a fan base, then you don't have that same crowd participation as you would in London. So that is cool that the crowd was able to to really make the show what it was. But when you wake up the next morning and, and basically uh, it was almost right away, uh, what time did you find out that uh, there would not be a night two, that you had to go home? So, yeah, so no, I, um, I was uh, in front of the venue at uh, 7 a.m. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was pretty... I had a nice spot in the queue because I was almost sure to get the rail and mm-hmm. I already had the rail the night before and it's only in the afternoon that we found out that the show was cancelled because the, oh. the wheel call was supposed to open at 1pm I think and at 1.30 the wheel call was not open so we just thought that it was maybe some technical difficulties but I think right. nobody has in mind the fact that the show could be cancelled and I think around 2 p.m., uh, some fans um, see the, the announcement in the in the website, and they they had some uh, public announcement saying that the show was canceled. Yeah, I mean, it's something they probably wanted to wait until the last minute. You know, I'm, I'm sure yeah, it, was, so. it, it was probably Ed's call too. You know, they were waiting on him to see if he was going to be able to do it. You know, they they never want to cancel a show because of that reason, because of health reasons or voice or anything. So I'm sure they. You know, as as inconvenient as it might have been for people, they they really wanted to wait until the last minute to make a make a call on it. Yeah, and Ed uh, apparently saw two doctors that day, so he's really you know he doesn't want to give up on this. Uh, there's a lot of hesitation from his side, I'm sure, how how horrible he's feeling. But you know, if he has to go see two different doctors and they can't clear him, saying you know you have a busted throat, you can't be doing this, then there's no other reason, you know, they've canceled shows for different reasons because of weather conditions or, or otherwise before. But, uh, this is really the first time that they've ever canceled due to, to health. Do you guys, do you guys think that they actually deserve some blame for this? Because they didn't really space out these European shows like they probably should have. I think these were back to back. I mean, he, you know, in, in they've done back-to-back in, shows for years. In, in how, how would they know something like they this? They spaced them out a little more. I think. It, I mean, I'm, I'm asking the question: Do they do they own a little bit of the blame for not scheduling more days off in between these shows? Yeah, I think so because they played uh, so six shows were played uh, in the, in in a in a, in eight days. Right. So I think maybe it was a bit too much. And Pick Pop was a festival, and it was very cold. It was maybe only 15 degrees Celsius, so I don't know in Fahrenheit, but it was a pretty cold show, a late night show. So I think it's probably something, I'm not sure that they will uh, play back-to-back date uh, next time they come to Europe. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's something they definitely learned from and they don't want to have happen again, I'm sure. Really what I want to get into, this is sort of where I'm talking about with Turning Point here and where we sit uh, you know, a year and a few months and change out from this show in this incident happening. Um, right now, Can't Deny Me was released in February or March of 2018. That's almost getting on. It's going to be over two years that that song is going to be released before they release anything. And that's just, you know, any album or any other song or even some tornos. Who knows? Uh, but... It's a long time to be waiting. I think we all expected something to be happening at this point. So I I propose this question to you. Do you think that this incident here 
and a couple other things along the way. I think that there were some unfortunate tragedies that have pushed them back a little bit creatively. Um, but do you think this incident here has sort of pushed them back in a way that they don't, they want to kind of take their time on it and they don't want to push too hard and get another tour going and uh, make it so that in 2023, none of this is even possible. I think this is exactly what I thought after after the show. But last year, we, we this year, we get a Eddie Vedder solo tour, which was with several dates and back-to-back dates. So I'm kind of unsure regarding why the band has not released something. But it's easier. I think it's easier when he's on a solo tour to not expand his voice too much. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the power of the band and he can sort of relax. You know, so that Ohana show, he wasn't going too high with his voice. He, he, it was, it was a re relaxing environment. So I don't think that's too big of a strain on it. But once you get the full band and the power of, you know, a six piece group in there, um, I think, you know, he feels the energy of, of the big crowds and not the intimate crowds uh, that his solo shows had where taking video was barred from uh, from each theater. So I think that going back to that situation might have held him back a little bit and maybe held back the recording process. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see when it all comes out. I'm sure they'll they'll have an explanation, you know, then when they start doing interviews and press for whenever new thing comes out, I'm sure that'll be one of the questions. So we'll just have to wait and see what they, what they see, what they say, what was going on during this time. Yeah. And we got a lot of stuff going on right now with like these little hints. Matt Cameron recently uh, posted an Instagram story and said that he's back at uh, London Bridge Studios so everyone's like, ooh, what could this be? Obviously, there was a leak uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, somebody posting a picture of Jeff saying, you know, uh, he, I was just in the studio with him recording Pearl Jam, and, and then he changed it real quick. He edited it and said Jeff was in the studio. So to make it seem like it wasn't what it was. I don't know if those are just kind of facades or what, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... And they've gotten a little more secretive about stuff since the advent of internet and file sharing. They know they want to prevent those kind of leaks that that have happened to Radiohead and uh, some of the other bands. So they're they're tr probably trying to lock down all that stuff until the time is right, until they're ready. The best thing that we can say about this is is time will tell how this incident. And right now is a really good point that we can say we haven't gotten any of this stuff that maybe this incident is holding it back, but really time is going to tell how going forward, sort of the geriatric years, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, how this band is going to react to it and how they're going to tour. And, you know, we all saw with the Rolling Stones this, this past year, you know, they, they went back out on tour after some health issues with Mick Jagger. So uh, who knows? So Aurelian, we get to this point now. They they reschedule the date, and the date is almost exactly a month after uh, the show was supposed to take place. So what's the process going through all this? Uh, you said you had a good fan club experience, that the 10 Club treated you well, and you were able to, to get your place back, or uh, you were able to get your tickets, and, and uh, just go through that process. Yeah, so so the date when the show was cancelled, there were some public announcements saying that the show will be postponed, and at the time I thought that they, that it 
it will not be a possibility because the last uh, show was supposed to be Portugal. And if you have to move to move all your stuff from Portugal and your your crew from Portugal to the UK just for one date, so I was kind of not sure that uh, this rescheduled show will happen. But a few days after the a few days after the, the cancellation, so we received a mail from Ten Club saying, "Okay, so re the show will be rescheduled to uh, the 17th of July." And you can decide yourself uh, up to 48 hours before the show. So we had, I would say, we had plenty of times to uh, sort out flight, hotel, and so on, and to and to to decide uh, if we wanted to go back to London to see the band or not. And you so decided it, that ultimately it was it was worth the squeeze. Yeah, because I we all kind of knew that it it would probably be a kind of a special show. Okay, were you were in the GA for this one? You were online. Yes. Did you get rail? Yeah. Or? Yes. So on the stone side. Okay. Hey, so. everybody Everybody always guns for Mike's side. There's nothing wrong with stone side. Yeah. So I was, uh, I once two times on the Mike side, but to, to get the, to be in front of Mike, you, you, you have to be on the first one uh, in line. Yeah. And some people were um, sleeping uh, in front of the venue. But for the second show, I take the first flight in the morning, so I was not able to queue before 7 a.m. So I ended up being uh, in front of Stone, and it was it was a very nice spot because it was uh, less roady compared to, to the other side of the stage. We'll get into all that in a second. And yeah. something actually really fun does happen with Stone in this that I guess you had a first a front row view of, which is, is going to be cool. We'll get to all that, but... We got to start where we start here, and they're opening up with Oceans. Roll on to the thread, the currents will shed, ride me towards you, No, something's left, and we're all allowed to dream this year uh last year i should say uh because they played it in barcelona and they were there was a big fan um outreach to get oceans to be played for a fan named israel who had passed away and i remember seeing all over the place oceans for israel oceans for israel and then uh watching the live feed of the barcelona show and and they actually mentioned him by name and and they played the song and it was a, a really emotional moment for a lot of people uh you know just being on the pages and the boards so i think they're taking a, a little bit of that energy and kind of understanding that that was a a really feel-good moment for them and that's how they start this one they kind of reserve oceans for special nights like this. Like this was the end of the tour. They know when you get oceans first, you know it's going to be a special night. Yes, I agree. And I, it was my it was the first time that I that I see um, oceans, 
and um, I really like it because it it uh, it brought me back uh, to my teenagers uh, watching the MTV Unplugged. This is Drop Tune. Uh, this was Drop Tune every performance in 2018. It's one of the few that I actually don't mind being Drop Tune. I think it has a nice, rich sound to it. I don't know how you feel about it, John. We've talked about the drop tuning before. Yeah, so many it, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's it's something where you you know you would you rather them drop tune it or just not play it at all? You know, sure. They're they're, they're making they're making it work the best they can. And there's another one that's actually in the set list that I that I I will uh, go out on a limb and say that if you're gonna drop it, just drop it completely. So we'll we'll get to that though. Uh, you go from oceans and nothing as it seems. Uh, for for me, I don't like nothing as it seems early in the set because I think it's when you get the slow burn, you kind of want the slow ones if they're not emotional, like a long road or a release. You kind of want them to be shortened, be tight a little bit, or be sing-alongs like a low light or sometimes or something like that. Uh, but nothing as it seems live seems to linger for me. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. I like it middle of the set where it's okay to linger a little bit more. It's it's one of my favorite songs, and I'm I really like the fact that it has been uh, the Ocean's nothing, nothing as it seems combo because it was unexpected to have these two two ones. Uh, to start the show and I maybe I was um, I don't know why but I I didn't feel that this sh- this show would be good with a long uh, with long openers so I think long road sometimes I think the sound is a bit a little bit too long and I and so I'm more into the more short short song so I like how it's placed and and how it's on yeah I'm gonna have to side with my uh my colleague on the other side of the coast. Nothing as it seems is great here. I mean, it's a chance for for McCready to have a moment and let him go off. And I think it's it's really unique. You don't you don't often get it this early. So I think for the people that were there to get to get oceans into nothing as it seems is like, whoa, you know, this is gonna be one of those cool nights. There you know, from the start you know like A, they were trying really hard to make up for the night that was canceled. Obviously, they wanted to make it special. And to start off with these two songs that you don't normally get to open a show, I think is great. Hey, I'm not saying that it wasn't special. I'm just saying that it has a tendency to linger a little bit. And, you know, but, however, if you're going to do... If you're going to do it early in the set like this and you're going to do the slow burn, it's better that you do the two slow burn than the three. But if you're going from nothing as it seems into the next section, I think I think it's okay. Uh, which the next section all the way through here is go corduroy, save you, do the evolution. And this is really... This section, I think, it's, it's all fast crowd favorites, obviously. And I think this is a big, we're sorry for, you know, we're making it up to you guys. We missed the last date. We got to come out swinging. We know we have to come out of this with, with the crowd moving and, and, and bring the energy. And that, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, fully agree. I think I really like the fact that there, there has been no, it was a direct transi- transition from one song to another. So it was very fast-paced and uh, without interruption, without uh, Hades. Okay, he speaks, uh, he spoke later in the show, so it was a, a nice one, two, three, four punch. Yeah, and you get the cool um, moment in Corduroy where they extend that that chorus part and the crowd keeps singing along, you know. 
because you know people aren't used to that quite yet not everyone there but that that was a cool moment i thought where everyone was singing along to that that second verse of corduroy yeah and we talked about that on the show before you know sometimes that section becomes sort of a pandering moment where Ed is kind of going back and forth doing a lot of call and response and not a lot of people like that, but he didn't do that. They were actually, they were able to let the music kind of take hold on the moment. That's why I really, I enjoyed this version of this kind of corduroy more than, than, you know, usual versions. They're not uh, doing that call and response, which, which I actually like. And you and you get a uh, you get you get a binaural song and a riot act song in the first five, which is uh, unusual as well. Well, speaking of riot act, we will get into riot act a little oh, yeah. bit. Uh, there, there's quite a bit of riot act, and it's all going to come at once. So uh, keep keep your eye on on that. After the section, Ed uh, kind of mentions that there's a barricade right there, and we kind of want you know give have a good time, but have a good time in your own space. And, uh, you know, Ed, he's very conscious of the stuff all the time. You know, obviously we all know the history with it. So, uh, there are a couple of moments in the show where they kind of are going back and, and telling the fans it's, it's, it's time to calm down a little bit. So aside from asking everybody to be safe, he apologizes for what happened and having to cancel. Cause he knows a lot of people weren't going to be able to make it. Uh, and he thanks everybody in the crowd and, and really in the band and the crew for, uh, for what happened. And he says it broke his heart. So he's very genuine with things like that. You know, it's, and obviously, you know, the crowd, you want to you want to rev them up you want to get them to feel like this is going to be a special night and that's one of the things you say to to get them there so he thanks everybody for rolling with the punches and uh to quote marvin gay let's get it on uh that gets you in a section of two yield two riot act given a fly in hiding i mind green disease um anything on just like the individual song per- performances here uh, I thought uh, specifically I Am Mine was really good at, uh, on this show. I feel like the ending uh, really had some energy to it. It really had some some emphasis to it. I, 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 I like this version of I Am Mine. Yeah, when it when it hits, when they when they really hit those beats and really emphasize the the three, like it it really hits home. <laughs> songs were really great and uh, in hiding it was one of our first time first time for me so it was great to witness the crowd participation for this song and I have really enjoyed Given to Fly because I I had the impression that it was played a little bit slower than the usual let's say uh, 
2000 uh, um, show. So I, I really like the, the Given to Flyer. So. Yeah, this is a pretty good section here. Uh, but I really want to talk about just sort of Riot Act because already this is what? Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is ten songs in. We have three Riot Act songs. That's, yeah, that's unheard of. Yeah, it really is. So I crunched a lot of numbers and I wanted to see what the usage of Riot Act songs in 2018 was compared to 2016. Uh, 2018 had 26 total shows, 2016, 24. Um, and I really thought that a lot of these shows, when looking at the set list from the European show, you know, they were doing UR a lot. They were doing all or none a couple shows. Uh, it, there was a lot more Riot Act than I probably ever heard personally before so crunching the numbers um you know consider the fact that there were only two festival dates in 2016 there are seven in 2018 the numbers are a little funky here i don't know how the numbers really tell the story but it's just interesting so there were only eight shows from 2016 where they didn't play a song one song from riot act uh with that there were 24 Riot Act songs that were played in 2016 total. That's total plays. Uh, last year, there were 14 shows where you didn't get a Riot Act song. 26 shows in total. 23 Riot Act songs were played. So it's... Wow. Yeah, it, it's kind of... It's raised the bar a little bit. And you have to keep in mind that uh, the for the Riot Act tour, they did not tour Europe. So for a lot of Europeans, uh, uh, getting a Riot Act songs is the, a, a definitive treat because we, in 2003, they did not tour Europe. Yeah, you're right. That's a really good yeah. point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, too, if these, if this trend kind of continues into, in the next year, if we get some, some shows announced. It'll be interesting to see what, what kind of uh, proliferation Riot Act shows, you know, if, if, they, if that continues, if we keep getting more of it. Uh, we are at the even flow section of this set, and um, I feel like there's this is a little bit of a different even flow here. I, I, I feel like the normal things that Mike is doing uh, that you usually hear in the solo, I think he's experimenting a little bit, and I think it's a different kind of sound, and I think that uh, the crowd is really into it in this one. I, I can see you know, this being another song where there's a problem with the barricade where there are people that are taking it a little too far yes yeah, so uh, um, even flow is definitely not not a peace break song in europe no it shouldn't be a peace break <laughs> song anywhere but um yeah M M mccready just goes off on the end like i said it's it's a lot different maybe i don't know if it's in a different key or he's just messing around with it but yeah it sounded sounded really different from all the even flows we've been listening to lately yeah, it was unique for sure. And I think that all attributes to, uh, you know, giving this crowd something special for sticking with it and uh, and headed back to the show. So um, in between songs, Ed is uh, mentions, you know, a, a stupid little thing here about Mike. And, uh, oh, he was offered a job in Los Angeles where older women were paying a lot of money to stand in front of amplifiers and while their face gets pushed back and pushbacks all the wrinkle, wrinkles in their face. 
voice, uh, and he would get a lot of compliments, but their their ears were were busted and and they couldn't hear afterwards, so it wasn't really much of a uh, a job. But uh, you know, just Ed, Ed's just making funny small talk there. Uh, but then he also talks about baby Trump, which we mentioned before. That gets us into daughter. It's okay. Um, I feel like this tour. This whole year was the return of the It's Okay tag to, like, prominent form because they did it eight times uh, eight times this year in 2018. I keep wanting to say it's this year, but it's not this year. We're, we're past that. We're long past it. It feels like just yesterday, but we're long past it. Uh, so they did it in eight different shows, and to get it in eight times before that you'd have to get in combined years for shows you'd have to go back to 2013 to get the last eight appearances of it so cool to you know that that it's it's coming back and i know that i think in um uh, Barcelona or something like that. They did Estabien. Uh, I, I love this tag, and I, I I I was glad to see it in Fedway, and I I'm glad it's kind of trended upwards now. Okay, so the Tom, the Tom Queen is in me has to come out. I'm not okay. a big fan of the, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the It's Okay tag because okay. I, I I don't really like uh, Aurelian. I I've I've held back, but you're, you're pushing it right now. We, no, I'm what, I'm, oh. what I don't really like is the the transition from a daughter to it's okay because there's kind of a key change, so any change from minor to major, and for me it has always sounded strange. So I'm not a big fan of it's okay. I know it's a fan favorite. Uh, last time as well, I was on the show. We have discussed the let it go tack. So it's okay. It's better than let it go. But I I. I <laughs> Honestly, I think that when you get the WMA tag of the uh, Another Brick on the Wall tag, for me, these ones are definitely better than the It's Okay tag. And I don't, and I don't mind the key change too. I think it's it sounds cool because you you kind of actually know like the song it. is changing. Yeah, yeah. It kind of it kind of brings it to another level. I think I really like it. When you get that chord, that boom, 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 I, I, you know, that's, that's really impactful. And I think a lot of people know that right away. It's kind of a signal for them to, to react to it and start doing the it's okay chance. So I think you're outnumbered on this one early. <laughs> yes, no, it's an unpopular opinion, but I'm annoyed by this key change every time. So, <laughs> okay. It's all right. No we, we deal with unpopular opinions on the show all <laughs> the time, all the time. A uh, little section here, we're going to kind of, I guess, touch up on each individually uh, in ways, but uh, UR uh, comes after Daughter It's Okay, and this is the one from the Riot Act that has that staying power, and it sounds really good here, so I'm wondering, this was the fourth out of four times that they played it on this tour, so I'm wondering if the first few times that they played it, they're like, you know what? We're really feeling this one. This sounds really good. Let's continue with it. Um, and I, I was just, I was really impressed that, you know, it's, it's not an easy song and it's not an easy song on Ed's voice either. Yeah, I fully agree. So I think I, they played it in Amsterdam or Pink Pop. I don't remember, but I think that I, I've seen this song several times during this tour and every time it was a, a great rendition of a song. So uh, I very like the vibe of this song because it's very different from, let's say, the usual Persian song. So it has a very different vibe with this kind of uh, loop guitars and the specific drums. So I think it's a very, very good song. That gets us in the Satan's bed after you are. 
Uh, this is where I'm going to say if you're going to drop it into drop tuning, just drop it. can't i can't put it into any other words but this just did not sound anything close to satan's bed i think john we uh, talked about disagree, it before. Disagree, disagree you like what but you you mention on the show all the time that satan's bed is one of those that they never get right live and i yeah, just but that but that's but that's why it's great it's <sighs> it doesn't it's sound one of good those here. it's yeah it's one of those it's not like, state college but the, it doesn't sound good here uh, I thought uh, if I'd been there, I would have. I would have loved it. Anytime you get it, it's it's awesome. Like just to to get us on, I'd, I'd much rather them keep playing it than than drop it. Yeah, I agree with um, with John on this one. I think it yeah. was for me. It was sloppy good. You know, it was a uh, Matt used uh, several times this uh, this kind of word. It's sloppy good. So for me, it was it was a, a treat to have this song because. It, I was uh, amazed about how little it has been played. So only 38 times 38, over the career. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So at least it, it was definitely one song that we probably would not have if it was not for this uh, specific reschedule show. 100%. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we're burying the lead with that a little bit. Obviously, you know, it, it's it's easy for us to kind of come out and say, oh, well, nothing has the same sounded like this. And, oh, uh, Satan's Bed sounded like this. But the lead here is that they brought songs that they usually don't bring to the table into parts of the set that, you know, are reserved for more common things. You know, you can get something like uh, a Minor Manners or a Got Some or a Lightning Bolt here and nobody would bat an eye, but you do a Satan's Bed and that completely changed the landscape of the set list this is to me the set list overall is perfect on paper i don't think that they could have written it up better that's to me yeah you 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 still get to do the evolution you still get a corduroy you still get a given to fly go so it's still got those you know you get a daughter and an even flow so you've still got those crowd moments but they're they're splicing it in really nicely, and and you know I say it every time. Ed is a master of of reading the crowd and knowing knowing what songs to put where and how this how the set list flows up and down. So yeah, this I thought this main set is is fantastic. Yeah, fully agree. That gets us into. I'm I'm really interested to talk about this because we really haven't had any chance to discuss because we're not covering 2018 shows whenever they're not going to play this in any other year so um can't deny me you guys i know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on it i'm not a huge fan of it i can deal without the cash register sound effects and and all that you know nonsense and the cowbell and all that stuff but like it's it's fine it is whatever but i will say this if this is going on the next album at this point 
do not make this the number two or number three track or else it ruins. I think it, it comes close to ruining the album. Uh, hot take there, but that's just how I feel about it. Make it like a side, like open up side B with it or something like that. We'll have to see how it works out. I mean, it's it seems like one of those songs, like if, if it were on a lightning bolt or a backspace where it would have been in the first few songs, because it's got that kind of aggressive quality to it. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yes. What I'm un- unsure is Can Deny Me was maybe part of the forthcoming album, but they they that will never be released because they they record a few songs in this vein and they were maybe disappointed by the result or maybe disappointed by the reaction of the fans. That could happen. I, look, it could be totally possible that it doesn't make the 2020 album or you know whenever the album is going to be uh, because yeah, it, it's kind of it's it's been on baseball commercials and it's been used in. Uh, it's sort of it's when you're promoting a new album, you want to promote fresh things. It's not fresh anymore and it's going to be two years since the song was released. So, you know, if they leave it off and maybe they put it on as a B side to whatever their top, you know, their minor manners esque song for the album is going to be, then that that's fine. And, and I think people will accept that, but to put it as like the number two or number three track on the album after waiting all this time, I think is just a little bit. If you're, if you're going to start nitpicking the track listing for the album, that is, <laughs> I know, I know, you're going to have, you're going to have other problems. This is a fun moment here. Ed says that we all know what you want. And you hear Jeff in the background say, sweet Lou. Or maybe that's Stone. I can't. I, I don't know who says it. Did you, did you did you pick up on that, Aurelian? Or I think it's Eddie who jokes about uh, Sweet Lou. Oh, Eddie yeah, the, actually the, said that. It was a recurring theme in the show. I guess. Yes. Fuck Sweet Lou. I mean, I that that's the new song that that is never going to get played again. I, mean, I think that might be the new the new breath campaign that we need to pull out. Is dirty the start new dirty Frank? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I've gotten it before, so I'm I'm good. You guys, you guys do what you want, but. Uh, I'll I'll be over there talking about you know seeing full WMA. You guys can talk about Sweet Lou all you want. It's it's cool. It's cool by me. Uh, no, but uh, you know they mentioned Sweet Lou, but uh, you know Ed says there's been a big chant. Everybody's saying let Stone sing, and then Stone gets on the mic. I really actually want to get, take this chance just to thank Ed for uh, carrying us all these years, leading this organization and uh, inspiring us all. So. Evie, um, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. As a band, collectively. But it's about fucking time you let me sing, goddammit. Yeah. 
a cool moment. You're right in front of Stone when this is all happening. So yes, uh, exactly. What's it like to see Stone sing? Yes, it was great. It was very different, and I really like how Stone uh, Stone praised uh, Eddie before playing it. So he, he thanked him for leading the organization, which kind of amazed amazed me for for him to thanks Eddie that in a this straightforward way. Yeah, it's not often that someone else in the band gets to take the microphone and make a speech. You know, you never see Jeff or Mike or Matt. But but whenever it's you know it's it's totally nice of Stone. Whenever he gets a chance, he always makes an opportunity to point out, uh, point out what Ed's doing, and it gives him a moment to for everyone to say thanks. Stone doesn't talk often, but when he does, it it like it's poignant. It matters. He's he's the best. This version of Mankind was really good. I I got no complaints. I loved it. Uh, I think it was fantastic. And and yeah, they don't land the ending on it. And Stone that, kind that of jokes it about better. it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it gives it character almost. Um, but afterwards, you get a little uh, let Jeff sing chant. So <laughs> that's going to be the new thing too. We got to we got to start that going for next year. Yep. Well, if you start left Jeff's let Jeff sing, then that only leads into Sweet Lou, right? Exactly. There's no other, unless you want to do something from heaven and hell, which you ask most people, they probably don't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. He says, he puts the kibosh to it, uh, and he says, Jeff has a sore throat, uh, which Ed says is a dig at him. So, And he says, if if you start hearing the rest of the band sing, he said, everybody's talented. Mike can sing, Matt can sing, they all can sing. If you start hearing everybody sing, Ed is out of a job. So, (laughs) that's is far from the truth but uh yeah that's every everybody is super talented we all know that um ending section here whipping lucan river mirror whipping has a little bit of trouble getting started uh it's just a little bit slight hesitation and they that was probably know, left over from mankind they were probably uh, still trying to something like that yeah yeah something like that um lucan is what it is obviously and then but the story here is really river mirror it's not the best version of Rear View Mirror, so it's really less about the song and more about the moment that happens in the song. Uh, Ed is asking Keely, put on the lights, put on the lights. Uh, so this is during the bridge, and you get kind of a glimpse of the continuous clapping that's going on. But Ed is like, all right, we got a lot of show left. We got to take it down. I want everybody to take three steps back because it's getting just a little bit too rowdy. So this is... I mean, compared to what we did last week, Indio, uh, this is a major difference. You know, he's concerned with the crowd. Indio, he couldn't give a fuck about the crowd because they were throwing shoes at his face. Uh, but what's it like in the pit during this moment and everybody stepping back? Is everybody really, are they complying with this or what's 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 happening here? Yeah, no, so people were complying. But once again, I, on the stone zone, in the stone zone, it was pretty safe. Uh, okay. There was not a lot of moshing, but uh, stone zone. The stone zone, but uh, in front of Eddie and Mike, it was quite rowdy, and so some people were already pushing from the back. So, but no, but I think generally in Europe, people are quite um, they listen to what the artists want them to do. So people will comply with uh, Eddie's request, but unfortunately, it kind of uh, ru- ruined the uh, um, let's say the mid mid part of the song. Yeah, and. It was just you know we've we we've gotten some really excellent versions like top five versions that we've covered 
uh, on this show of Rearview Mirror. Maybe not top five of all time, but who knows? Maybe. But we've covered some freaking stellar versions of Rearview Mirror lately. This is the one week where it was just it was a rare miss. Yes, it, well, I don't think it. I don't think it ruined the song. It just kind of killed the momentum temporarily. But and but but kudos to to the band for like they they didn't fully stop it. You know, they just kind of like went on a little softly yeah. and then and then brought it back up once uh once things were satisfactory yeah so i think with the with the past of the bank they are obviously very concerned with uh, safety issues so and i think nowadays at least in europe in festival you have you have a, a lot of section so you you have some very section which are segregated from the the whole crowd but here it was uh there was no uh barrier in the middle so it was only uh it was not as safe as a festival, I would say. All right. We uh, we get into the encore here, and uh, there's a lot of stuff happening early in this encore. A lot of good moments, feel-good moments, and uh, you know, songs that you're not going to hear every day at shows. So uh, the first one, uh, Ed says they got a few requests to handle, and first is a song by a friend who's no longer with us, uh, and he's still really reacting to Tom Petty's death at the time. It's, you know, I think even to this day, it's, it's hitting a lot of people very hard, but obviously the two of them are very close. Uh, so, you know, I Won't Back Down gets played a ton on this tour uh, more than in, in past years. But Ed uh, said that Jeff mentioned to him a story about a woman who had some health issues and they were lucky enough to get her story. Uh, and he, they play it for her. And uh, thankfully, through uh, the Pearl Jam Scotland group, uh, I was able to, to kind of talk with her. Uh, her name is Andrea Oaks. And uh, I was able to get her story, and she was nice enough to share. Here's Andrea's story. After years of migraines and then fatigue, in May of 2018, a CT scan showed that she had a 4.3 centimeter brain tumor. All she could think about was if she'd be able to go to see the band the next month. The doctor told her it was very unlikely she would be able to do so, so she went on the Pearl Jam official 10 Club page and mentioned her situation and received an enormous amount of support and encouragement for her to go to this show. She was able to make it to London after traveling from Glasgow, but then got a message in the afternoon saying Ed was sick and lost his voice. She was gutted, but wanted him to be better and knew he must have had no other choice. But she questioned whether or not she'd be able to make the trip for the next rescheduled gig. A few people started a hashtag trend saying inside job for Andrea, and thankfully she was able to make it to London for the new date and went live on Facebook a few times so fans and friends could see that she made it there. She was filming the encore when Ed started talking about an ill woman and nearly shot through the ceiling with shock when he said this woman, Andrea Oaks, before singing Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. The rest was a blur, and little did he know how much it would mean to her throughout the rest of the brain tumor journey. At times, it was a struggle to keep going, and when there was nothing left, she'd think of the dedication and tell herself to keep going and not back down. It's been eight months post-op after having craniotomy to remove the brain tumor, which thankfully came back as benign. She would like to rededicate this song to any fellow jammers who need it and has learned that when things get bad, you can be surprised by the love of strangers. Thank you, Andrea. This one's for you. Well, I won't back down. Oh, I won't back down. You 
can spare me your little gates of hell, but I won't back down. I will stand my ground. I won't be turned around, and I will keep this world from dragging me down. Gonna stand my ground, and I won't back down. Cool moment, you guys. That was cool. Very, very nice of her to be open and uh, and tell her story to us, and, yeah, and kind of get to know the story behind the story. So, yeah, what was it? What was it like in the crowd? It seemed like a pretty emotional moment. Yeah, to be honest, I was not aware of this um, of this because I was not really involved in the forum uh, at the time. So, I I thought that I. I had the impression that uh, Andrea Oaks was someone that I AD knew personally and not a fan. And now you're kind of somewhat involved with the Pearl Jam Scotland stuff. You you know yeah. of it, and she's pretty she's pretty involved with it. I know I I see her name all the time. So uh, you know it, it's it's great that good people get good things that that happens yes. to them when bad things happen. So exactly, and I really like how the how Pearl Jam cares for for their fans. Because regardless yeah. of what you can read of the forum of people only complaining about uh, uh, holiday vinyls and so on, but I think <sighs> at the end at the end of the day, the band really care for their fans. Yeah, they absolutely do. When it when it matters the most, they they know. You know, we've had stories of those who had dedications before, and uh, you know that's something that they don't have to do, but they feel obligated to. That you know, just to to know that they feel like they they owe it to certain people to do it is is uh it's a really good feeling here is a live on four legs debut that i've been looking to cover since we started the damn show we've never done it before fatal Not a reprise Did he arrive Too late and too tethered away To what on a suit in his time How good is he How warm is his heart or Oh, dismissal outright 
this song. Um, only the seventh time out of eight total that they had played it in their history. And it's usually back here for big shows. And you would think that the last time that they had played it was Leeds uh, 2014, I believe. So most of this crowd had gotten it before. So screw them a little bit, right? Oh, I think not everyone was in Leeds <laughs> in 2014. So it was... <laughs> well, I mean, a, major, yeah, I a majority that, of them. That, that's... That's your personal jealousy coming through, I think. <laughs> a little bit. I I am chasing this one, so. No, because, you know, because as they played it in Leeds in 2014, for me, it was the unexpected unexpected song. Were you, were you at Leeds that year? No, I was not at Leeds, so. Oh, okay. As they played it, you know, because I... I always had this kind of impression, maybe I'm wrong, that they try not to play the same the same songs when they, you know, in the same countries and so on. So right. there was a, a campaign in the forum for this song, but for me it was, I was not very confident on the fact that they will brought out uh, Fatal, but it was, it's it's a great song. It's a, it's a shame that they don't play it uh, more often. 100% agree. Yeah, it's one of those that it's it's got such a cool, like, I don't, want, I don't want to overuse the word vibe, but it's got such a cool feeling around it, and the lyrics are great. And, you know, it's one of those Stone-written songs that's just classic Stone. And, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I wish they would play it more often, 100% agree. Yeah, it's it's pretty much made for this, you know, Encore 1 cool-down spot. It, it, it fits perfectly here. Um, wish they would play it more often, but you know what? It, it's kind of nice that they don't because when it does come, it does make it that much more special. And if anybody was at that lead show and was at this one too, then, you know, to get it twice is even more special. So that's just double, double the fun. And this one, after that, another request for people. Uh, and he says... It's for three people that are collectively up to shows in, in the, around the 200s and said outside of Sweet Lou, we'd play anything for them. Uh, yeah, again, again with the Sweet Lou. <laughs> <laughs> They've only played it twice. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a basketball song. I don't know what you want. I, I, I was really hoping... It? I was really hoping Jeff was going to break into that baseline. I was really, I was really hoping for that. Instead of doing that, they did around the bend, uh, which is a fantastic choice. Um, getting something like this uh, again, fourteen total plays. Uh, you're not. I know people that have been to almost a hundred shows that have not seen this song. So uh, this is another special moment, I'm sure. The 
it's the kind of song that you probably chase when you go see a solo a Eddie Vedder solo show because he he played it from time to time but it was a once again an unexpected song so and with Fatal and um, Around the Band back to back song it was a it was one of the light of the of the set list and of the show yeah you know normally this would be the the just breathe spot but you get nothing off of backspacer at this show no no backspacer. i didn't even realize that wow this next section is probably musically one of the tightest sections of the night jeremy uh mind your manners and breath yeah so jeremy is one of my favorite songs so you can they can throw in every every show i'm already there for jeremy and i generally oh, yeah, so much so much better live too yeah i generally don't really like mind your manners but I really like um, how it was uh, placed here in the encore because it kind of, uh, it wasn't, uh, I like the flow from Jeremy to minor manners and finally back to breath. On paper, it did not look good for me, but uh, hearing it, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, I I think the section was really top notch, just performance wise. I you know this is exactly what you want out of an encore when you're kind of uh, uh, you know you got some rare stuff and you want to hit hard with a couple of hits and a couple of fan favorites. This this was this is a really good section. So afterwards, uh, they get into another song that is uh, now public domain after all these years. Happy birthday to Sam. The band Chef, and it's also uh, Stone's birthday a few days after this as well. So they get the happy birthday song, and uh, they both get cake-faced. And apparently Stone is blinded by the cake. Exactly. So it was a very fun moment. Once again, the the mood between the band members was, really, was very nice during all the show. So it was... a. Uh, it was nice to see them having fun. It is cool when, when it is a band member's birthday. And I guess... You know, mankind was a little bit of a present to Stone too, so it's uh, it's kind of cool how that all worked out. Yeah, exactly. Crazy Mary comes here, and uh, one of the, Ed definitely was losing a little bit at this point. Um, those high, high parts, uh, the high above the trees over, over the hills, he wasn't exactly hitting them at this point. Um, doesn't mean the energy was down at all, but uh, you could definitely hear some strain uh, happening in, at, at this point in the song. Yeah, agree. I, I would say for Crazy Mary, I was uh, more stoked by the, by the um, let's say, the Stairway to Heaven and paid in black tags. Sure, because, because I was wondering if it was decided beforehand, or if it, if it just improvised. Uh, no, nah, that stuff is that stuff is all improvised. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, because I, for, for Pet in Black, uh, I would say the boom and the mic has to be synchronized. You know, I, I, I've, I've, this is the first time I've heard 
you know, stairway and paint it black in the same section. So that was pretty cool. But um, it's just one of those like Mike versus Boom battles here. And you play a classic rock song. I play a classic rock song. It's it's a pretty fun, genuine moment. Yes, and you you're in the UK, so uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, sure. Rolling Stones. Stones. You have to. Uh, porch ends the set here. Um, it is Riffy Porch. Uh, if you want to say a, a little bit of a stop start, though, he kind of yeah, and, like I yeah, thought, I thought it was all right. Yeah, uh, the energy sounds fine. Yeah, it was the energy of the crowd sounds fine, but this out of all the porches, I feel like Porch definitely took a step down in, in 2018. I don't know what it was, but yeah. some of the versions from this year. Maybe it's because they played it every single show instead of, you know, in, in the same spots instead of bringing it back every other. But I feel like Porch took a little bit of a step down. Oh, I think that I, I could be in I could be in the minority there. But no, I kind of agree, except from the Berlin show, because it was a, an insane Porch. But oh, the, with the cup holders. Exactly. It was a yeah. it was an amazing uh, moment. I think it was probably one of my highlights of the, of the tour i've done seven dates and it was definitely my top three moments of the show because it it was as if uh, everyone in, in the crowd was uh has the same idea as the same at the same time and so it was it was uh, amazing to be able to to see all these uh cupboard flying all over your head and so on yeah yeah that was definitely a cool moment That ends this encore here. We get into encore two. We get uh, the band turning around, uh, facing the back, and playing "Elderly Woman." And uh, John, obviously, you know when they play to the back, what are you usually gonna get? Well, you're gonna get. It's either gonna be "Elderly." Oh, come on, come on! You're supposed to do it. It's gonna be. (laughs) That's what I was looking for. Oh yeah, my voice is a little under the weather, yes. and appropriately enough. So, but uh, they played la- get, they but. played like last kiss at the uh, London one show for the for the back. Oh, okay. So, so that's yeah, why we get an elder, elderly woman here and not last kiss. Good choices overall. Not a yes. fan of last kiss, but you not know. fan of last kiss either. Say, hey, that, that's. I feel like I've been. It's kind of been two versus one a lot with with me. <laughs> But I'm glad I got I got one. I got one on my side for this one. Keep going. I'll just do this the whole time. Ed gets emotional about the band after Elderly Woman. Says everybody with the band and crew are brothers and sisters. They're all a family. And uh, will you stop it? <laughs> Thank you. Let me talk. Question of the day. Should I continue to play Last Kiss under the rest of this episode? (laughs) No. Uh, Question of the day, question of the week should be, uh, what do you want the band to do with Can't Deny Me as the next album approaches? That should be question of the week. Live on Four Legs Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for dropping that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the email. You can send us lots of emails on anything you want, like or hate the episode. Send us an email. Yeah, Ryan does I'll it all use, the time. I'll, I'll, I'll talk Pearl Jam with anyone. Yep. Uh, all right, wasted reprise into a live. That's not a combination that you usually get. It's a little weird to me. Uh, I kind of 
we've we saw it i don't know handful of shows it was it was used before porch and i thought that was strange alive is a little better than before porch but i think it needs to be stuck to using it before better man or a life wasted really it should be just stuck to using it before life wasted uh but you know is what is you don't get it before alive so again it's another thing it's another little little treat of the set if, if you want to say uh but you know the whole encore here it's not the best performance you get after alive, you get Baba and Baba was really rough. Uh, not the best version. Mike didn't really land the solo, uh, and Ledbetter sounds fine. And to the end, so like really overall encore two. I know it's really about energy and obviously everybody knows that this is the end of the show, but, uh, what's, what's up in, in the pit in where where the action is happening not you know us listening to the bootleg and, and making yeah. comments and crap so alive was kind of special because eddie um was uh go down uh, uh next to the rail and was starting to uh hugging fans and to the gave handshake to fans oh cool and uh i was at the rail so i get uh, the handshake from eddie so the little fanboy in me uh <laughs> was <laughs> <laughs> No, I That's think awesome. it's you know it, it one of these things. I when I when I at other show when I see people trying to reach Eddie or to touch him, I this is really something that I would never do or w would never think of. But he came back, he came in front of me, and he literally grabbed my hands and looked me in the eyes, and I was, I was, I don't know. It was very um, something very very special because you you kind of feel that it's. It, it's a real human, so it it was a kind of an emotional moment for me. Wow! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah I thought uh, "Wasted Reprise" was fantastic going into a live. I thought I gave the song an extra, extra little bit of weight, and uh, thought it really carried it nicely. I, that that was great for me. I, I hope it I hope it sticks around. I wanted to mention too, like I really did. Did it look like Watchtower was? kind of added at the last minute did it did it seem like Ledbetter was going to be the end and then they kind of talked about it and was like hey let's do one more how did, how did that come about yeah it was kind of strange because when Yellow Ledbetter started a few, uh, I would say part of the crowd was already uh, going to the exit mm. so right. I think after Yellow Ledbetter I, I, I thought it was done but I did not want to the show was so great that I did not want to to leave the room and also during one of the um, the the mosh pit, um, I received a cap from the Chicago Cubs with a lot of uh, Pearl Jam pins on it. So I just wanted, <laughs> so I just saying, okay, we'll just wait there to, just to give back the cap to the, to its owner. And then they came, came back from nowhere on the stage and it was kind of uh, really unexpected from them to, to play something uh, after Yellow Let Better. And the, the room was not uh, packed anymore. So part of the fans yeah. miss, miss the songs because there is a, I don't know, maybe a two, three minutes gap between Yellow Red Better and... Um, yeah, there, was, there was a little bit of silence in, the, yes. in between. Yes. It seemed like there was just like a lot of goodbyes. And yeah, it feels, it feels like, you know, most people would react to that as, you know, the house lights are up. Okay, see you later. Uh, they're done. And... Exactly. I would have. Well, you normally, have you normally wait for them to come out and do the the bow, like the arm in arm. Yeah. They do the whole thing. That's usually the end. Yeah. 
So I don't know if it was if it was decided beforehand to to play this song at the end or not, but uh, because I've just checked the live um, live footstep website and it only uh, it has it as a third encore, right? Yes, it only occurs a, a few times that the, that when Yellow Let Better is not the last song. Yeah, and it's almost a lot of times it's it'll be like Eddie's call. He'll be like they'll be thinking they're done, and he'll be like, no, 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 one more, one more, one more. And yeah, I thought this was really great. I you know I got to hear yeah. the song in in Charlotte and uh, thought it was great. Then it's a it's a great. Way did it close? Play. Did it close the night in Charlotte? I can't yep. remember. Yeah, it did. It did. Okay. Nice. Uh, this this is yeah. I got to see it in Hartford back in uh, 2010, and um, you know I'm not a huge fan of all along the Watchtower as a song. I think it's a little overdone, but I really I really enjoyed this version because the energy and just I think. Every, you could feel everybody in the crowd say, wow, we got one more after Ledbetter. That's something special, especially this whole night had so many moments that, you know, you don't get in other shows. Uh, this this was just another one where, uh, again, it, the, it makes it that much more sweeter. It's the end of the tour. They probably wanted to give the fans that stuck around, you know, one last gift before they before they left. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you yeah. never know when will be the next time that you will see Pearl Jam. So, you know, when, when it's the last, when it's, when it's your last show of a tour, you're always kind of, uh, at least for me, I'm always wondering uh, when, will, when, the, when will they be back? So It's, a, it's emotional, yeah. that's for sure. Yes. Like, Because I, I remember I, I saw them in 2012 and then 2014, and then we had a four-year gap uh, to 2018. So... There was a lot of anticipation from the European fans for this tour. I'm going to start a petition to move Atlanta to Europe. Yes. More Pearl Jam. <laughs> Just make sure it doesn't go to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's uh, that's all the set list that we got. Uh, so, Aurelian, tell us your top three moments from this show. Huh. So, number three... Um, it's the uh, ocean of because it seems uh, as the openers. So we d- we don't agree on this one, but I was very impressed by these two songs back to back as a as a, an opening song. I really like how it introduced the the, the journey through through this show. Um, number two is probably the the encore with Fatal and Around the Band. Once again, two unexpected back to back song. And my number one, it's my it's a fine bunny fine boy in me so it's uh, alive being able to kind of uh, be closer to Hedy was uh, something that I would not have expected that I would be kind of uh, emotional about this that's not a moment that either John or I can uh, can share on our top three so or anybody else <laughs> yes that uh, has you know that was at the show so that's you know very specific to you and that's the kind of thing that obviously when we we have people on to talk about shows that they went to that's you know that's what we're looking for that's what we love to hear we love to hear the feel-good stories so john you were did not get eddie touching you so pick other stuff uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with uh with aurelian i I like the oceans and the nothing as it seems opening i thought that was that was fantastic it really set the tone Uh, my number two is wasted wasted reprise into a live um um wasted reprise into a live i thought the uh it really gave the song like i said a little extra weight and i really thought it was a nice version of a live 
And uh, my number one is the Riot Act songs, like Getting You Are and Green Disease and I Am Mine, like Save You. Just I thought it was uh, it was great to hear these songs. Yeah, all good choices. Um, I don't think my top three are the same as your top three, so uh, change it. There's a lot that that speaks volumes because that means that there were a lot of very good moments at the show. So my number three is actually Watchtower. Uh, you know that they get an extra song after Ledbetter. That uh, you know the crowd again. It's already a pretty special night, but you get one more song. It really doesn't matter what that song is. It doesn't, you know, even, um, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Watchtower, but it was definitely a fun performance. And uh, if you saw recently, uh, Ed was able to play it at a benefit with uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so that was pretty cool. Um, Number two is Mankind, because... Uh, it seemed like Stone had a lot of fun with this one. You know, it's his, it's close to his birthday. Uh, you know, he's joking around with Eddie a little bit. And uh, it was just overall just the moment around Mankind, uh, you know, with the Let Jeff sing and the Let Stone, Let Stone sing stuff. It was That was just a really fun, you know, really, really fun kind of moment. So uh, number one is Fatal because you don't get it at shows at all um it's really it's one of very few songs that i feel like if i had if i do hear it live in the future i would you know look to my neighbor and give it a holy shit i'm hearing fatal kind of kind of deal it you know i don't you know there's a lot of stuff i've seen there's a lot of stuff i haven't seen but fatal is one of those that uh it it hits me in a good place so getting it even on this show was was very exciting so um all right let's rate it okay so my benchmark is the amsterdam 2 2012 it was my first show and for me it was a nine and a half so i think this one is below so i would give it uh, a nine okay that's fair what you got john i agree nine nine straight up thought it was fantastic all right i'm way lower than you guys sorry um i think the set list was perfect uh but i think that uh there were it, it wasn't my favorite bootleg to listen to and unfortunately that is what i have to judge it off of uh because i wasn't there and that sometimes is the unfortunate thing that when we have to take into account and obviously aurelian stories do help uh set the tone and set the atmosphere and set the mood for what this show was and and how special it was but listenability is also really important for me at least when going back and listening to the bootlegs and it's not this is a show that i would listen to specific performances of but i don't know how often i would go back to this one and be like oh i want to listen to this show again uh, so for that, I'm going to get killed for this. Uh, it's a six and a half. Ouch. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I, I backed up my claim that's, you know, uh, that some of the performances were really, really rough. Uh, but again, set list and placement in the set list was top your, like that gets send your a 10. emails to live on four legs podcast do at it email.com. do it it's it's fine we're allowed to <laughs> all have if we all gave it a nine the show would suck you know yeah like, no yeah, yeah. I, I and i can't 
I listened I listened to it one one time through. I didn't have a lot of time this week. I got into a car accident last week, so uh, you know, a lot of stuff has been going on in my life. Uh but I gave it one listen to and if I gave it a second listen, I don't know how things would change. I don't know if I'd still be uh distracted by some of the things I was distracted by, but um you know, it's not Again, the set list gets a 10. I think the performance is what really brought it down for me. And that was only because there were some sloppy moments. It didn't have anything to do with energy. It just, yeah. So I feel bad no. because I know how special this, this show is to people. So, But I kind of understand because this show is special for me because I was there. But... I I think and that's I, what matters. Ultimately, yes. in the end, that's what matters. My my opinion is just like, hey, I'm g giving it this so you can go and listen to the bootleg and see for yeah. yourself. Like you can't relive the, these moments anymore. Exactly. We're, we're a, a podcast that covers bootlegs essentially. So, but it's not a, uh, as you say, it's not a bootleg that I listen that I've listened uh, a ton of times since the show. So I think so. You're saying you've listened to the songs more than you've listened to the, the actual full boot itself. Yes. I think. Okay. All right. So it's backing up a little bit what I yeah. said. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Aurelian, uh, it was great to have you on again. And again, you've been uh, awesome from the start. You've been totally into this, and uh, you know this is uh, this is a podcast that is um, you need a lot of of time for you need a lot of research for and sometimes when you know you feel like you're working on this and you're doing all this stuff and and you put out a product and you're thinking to yourself like well waiting for people to react to this because i do this to see you know if people agree disagree uh always the first person in the inbox whether it's in a direct message on Facebook or in Gmail is Aurelian. And I mean, usually he has nothing but positive things to say, which is, is very kind and very, very nice of him to do, whether he's flattering us or not. Uh, but, um, you know, like fans like you and, and especially you make, doing this all worthwhile so uh a sincere and genuine thank you from from both of us for you know all of your ideas and dedication to this show um you are you are the the live on four legs fanboy yes that's hey. uh that's all there is to it <laughs> no it's, i have to thank you because you you know just uh, when you're a guest on a podcast you can really feel uh, how time consuming is it So I, yeah. I really praised uh, the, the the preparation, the editing work, and uh, and uh, everything you've done for for this podcast because it's really time consuming. And I think probably uh, this a lot one of, needs some editing, that's for sure. <laughs> and I think probably you had some, some listener that I very that very like your show, but don't find the times to send you an email or maybe think that they have nothing to say unless they thank you. But I would encourage every one of the people that, uh, that are listening to this podcast to just send an email live, uh, live at four legs at podcast at gmail.com to just thank Randy and <laughs> John and Chris and Matt to, for their hard work and uh, what they bring to the community. Well, thank you. Yeah. appreciate that. It's really nice of you to say. And you know, like that's again, uh, 
that's what makes it that's what makes it worth doing that's what makes all yep. of this worth doing so um again aurelian is a patron and aurelian is on the show because he's not only a patron but he's a friend and we have been lucky enough to to make friends with all of our patrons so if you know not only do you and we have extra we always i always go to the patrons first whenever there's an idea or an extra thing like we did something with our patrons this past week with a couple of them that that was really fun that we're actually going to do on the show in the next month or so um so it's just it's being it's being involved in more things if if you love pearl jam and and love uh just the idea of just having conversations about the band with people then you know this is that's what it's all about you know we get to we get to talk to you and and really it's it's helping out the show because you know this is uh something that we do out of labor of love and aurelian is nice enough to pitch in a little bit out of his paycheck uh and again it's very small and that that's okay and we accept all of it so you know uh, patreon if you want to become a patron head on over there uh and you get to do what aurelian just did relive your memories i may not like every single moment john may not like every single moment but we really do appreciate that you know you get the time to to spend and 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 reminisce uh, every every pearl jam show is special in it in its own way and it's great to have people on like this who've you know we I haven't been to any European shows. I probably won't ever get to, but it's it's great to have people on who who've had those experiences and can speak to it and and fill us in on on what makes the show special for them. It's it makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely, absolutely, Aurelian, uh, you did just that today. And again, we we thank you for everything. There's there's a, that's that's all there is to it. We uh, you're the best. No, thank you. You're the best. I'm just listening to wow. the show, and that's it. So, merci beaucoup. <laughs> De rien. What, what John said. <laughs> thank you very much. Arrivederci. That one. Au that's the one. Au revoir. Au revoir. Oh, okay. Arrivederci. Au revoir. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Erlen. We'll see. You. We'll see thanks, you soon. Really. Thanks. So, like we were saying before, you know. Uh, our opinions are based off of listening to a bootleg. Aurelian's opinion is living the whole damn thing and actually being in line when they canceled the damn show and then flying back and getting tickets to, to go back. So, yeah, I might have given this a low rating, but that's based off of listening to a bootleg. But Aurelian's experience is really what you should base this off of if you're looking to get an actual you know, uh, defining example of what this show was that look to a really and not mine or John's. Yeah, I mean, and part of, and yeah, like when they take the stage, like it's, it's awesome. Like you got the whole anticipation the whole day. If you, if you get to do the whole experience, like the traveling, the, the waiting in line, camping out overnight, like some people do, I've done it. Um, it becomes like, it becomes even that much more special when you actually get the show and it makes it that much more memorable because you meet people in line and like you meet people around you and you talk to them and like give them the high fives like oh you know they're this is corduroy this is when we wanted or they play that rare song you're like this is the one we were waiting for yeah you know and it's it's stuff like that 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 we don't get a chance to talk about when when it's just you and I listening to a bootleg that I have or watching a show on YouTube. But when we have people right. who were at these shows, you get that kind of extra experience and it 
it's great to hear those stories about you know what happened around the show that made it that much more memorable and that's why i love having these guests on because they're really good at remembering what happened at these shows we've had tons of guests on that have just you know been so detail oriented johnny firecloud was aurelian was uh you know basically every single one of our guests that have shared an experience has shared all of the details of what they've, they've gone through and and you're just learning stuff about how other fans react and how they, they get their experience. Um, and it kind of makes your experience. It humbles your experience a little bit. So, um, speaking of experiences, uh, next week's episode, we're continuing the MSG series. We are down to the final two. So we are at 2016 night one. And like I said, experiences, this was, uh, my 15th show and I was a spoiled freaking brat at the time. I, uh, this is, I've been listening to the show a little bit and I've been getting, you know, memories of just like, why did I think like that? This is really good. Why was I in such a pissy mood on that day? And you just you wanted Dirty Frank. You weren't going to be happy unless they well, it, was, Frank. it wasn't Dirty Frank, but it, it was it was that idea <laughs> of I want something new. That was the first show that I didn't get a new original song. Every show before there, mm-hmm. you know, Memphis, I got two new ones. Uh, uh, the Brooklyn's, I got a bunch of new ones. Um, but that was the first one where I didn't hear anything new original. So I'll recap a lot of that. Buckley will be on the episode too. He, uh, he was at the show as well. Um, but I'll recap sort of my mood on the day and how I can look back at it now and have a different appreciation for it. So nice. Yeah. I mean, these, these MSG shows have been, have been great. You know, we had, we had the breath one. There've been the, you know, the life of the garden DVD show, the, Night two from 2010. Our New York some, bias is almost classics. over, John. I know. Yeah, and we're going to gonna have to do the Atlanta out, series. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All uh, shows very, up to very short. Very short. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it's uh, yeah, two more to go, and uh, yeah, I think people are looking forward to that. It should be good. Yep, I'm excited for it, and you know, we got a lot of great stuff heading into 2022. Like I, I told you. The polls are available on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter pages. Uh, It's probably bit.ly slash, uh, I guess the one that's coming up next is 2012. So it would be 2012 PJ shows. For all those polls, basically put in that date. So 2010 PJ shows, 2011 PJ shows, and you will get those yeah, polls. Definitely, definitely Help go us check out. it out. You know, we, we want your input. Every, every vote counts. Great participation uh, so, so far too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and stay tuned very soon. Cause I don't want to give away anything right now, but in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be announcing some of the, uh, some of the cool stuff we got planned for, yeah. for next year and on Patreon too. So we got a lot of stuff coming down the pike and, uh, can't wait to tell you about it. Yep. And until all that happens, this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. And I miss you always for John and Aurelian and for London night Two. maybe the turning point in this era of the band's history. We bid you a good night. Au revoir.